intro. Feed the sheep. Mm. Mm. It's Cameron Ross on Feed the Sheep. Back that, at it again. That outro is so. T- I mean, sorry, that intro. That another episode. That intro is so tough. Oh baby, hey, we vibing. <laughs> <laughs> I literally love. <laughs> I love how like we have this unsung code that we can't speak to each other throughout the week. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Although you did text me yesterday. I did text you. I did text you. Elevation concert in April. That is true. Let's look into that after this. But In Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. Fort Wayne, Indiana Elevation for those around here in Indiana or even Ohio. Any Anybody around the, uh, the tri-state area or the Midwest, I guess you would say. Elevation worship. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Sometime in April. April, April 24th 20 or something. April 26th. Some, in, in something April, around there. In April 2023. In the April 20 area. April 2023, that is for sure. April 2023 for sure. <coughs> around April 2023 to 20. <laughs> so, yeah. Who you knows? Guys, you guys we'll figure it. it out. Look it up online. Hey, uh, I want y'all to know that I rolled up to the office to record to the studio. I rolled up with at like two twenty five. Then Cam rolled up and like shortly after me. And he already made it into the studio. He made it into the to the studio before I even did. Which the studio is just my office, by the way. And we just and at what time is it? What time is it now? I don't know. It's like okay, my phone's charging. two two fifty four. Yeah, how about the my phone's charging? So we literally set up we haven't talked all week. I set up <laughs> everything. Lights, mics, everything, <laughs> and twenty minutes, and we're just rolling. This is how That's this <laughs> is how we prepare, y'all. I just want to know. What do you guys? I, I get that all the time, dude. What do you guys? What are you guys gonna talk about next week? That's a great question. I'll find out as soon as you. Find <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I'll find out as soon as you know. It goes. It just goes. I just share that, not to not to brag or anything, uh, but just to be like, hey, we don't necessarily right. Like, I go through my week, and, like, things will come to mind. i be like, oh, that'd be good for the pod. Yeah, that's happened or, in most of in over, I'd probably say, of our, this is our fifth episode, probably three of those easily. I've, yeah. I've We've texted, like, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. And then, but it's also just, like, we want to be guided by the Spirit. That's so 100% true. 100% of the time. And all we do, not just on the pod. Now, do we fall short? Yeah. Sure. We certainly do. We're, we we're always broken. do. We're broken. Mm-hmm. Sinful humans um but we we just want to honor and and glorify god with all we do holy spirit take it wherever you want amen amen let's go hey uh you said something about uh black history month oh yeah so last podcast we were talking about we were talking about black history month and so i i started my i wouldn't say student teaching but i mean i'm teaching lessons but it's not full-time student teaching and I got the book they assigned me. You're about to read his book? No, no, no. I brought the book. Here's other people. Henry's people. Freedom Box. Henry's Freedom Box. Henry Box Brown was a, one of the Underground Railroad's mm-hmm. most famous runaway slaves. And he had the most ingenious idea. Yeah, so he basically he was a slave as a child. He grew up and shipped himself in a box across the sea to go be free. Yo, how old was he when he did this? Oh, he was old. Well, he was older. He had kids and stuff, but like that, oh. it was that's just like the story of him when he was young. But the oh. the fact of the matter is, say. why I brought it, why it was so Pretty cool, impressive. is because I was getting. Oh, there goes the sleeve. The sleeve. <laughs> I was getting super emotional when they handed me this book because this is so big. Because I don't know about you, Ross, but me growing up, I never read a book in elementary ed where the main character was black or we had a black main character. That, that I remember. I've never remembered reading that. And the fact that I I was handed this book 
And this is the book that they're all going over the entire school. And I'm like, wow, That's this dope. <laughs> black history has evolved because the only black history I ever got was middle school history and that's it and slavery i mean which is granted this is what it's about but the fact that we're introducing black history early as second grade i got so emotional just like man this is coming full circle for me like i never got to i didn't know anything about black history until like late middle school high school so it was super cool yeah i'm just i'm just fanning through these pages this is actually very well written Mm -hmm. the aesthetics is really nice and you would think it's a child's book which it could very easily be a child's book how well and easily it's written but like the the animations or the the drawing illustrations illustrations yeah. yeah it's like it's dope it's good it's a good book they look they got that on the cover they got that little thing in the corner whatever it, i don't i don't know usually if you see that it's like an award-winning some something caldic something it's an award up there caldicott honor book caldicott honor if anybody knows what that is that's the type of book this is Tune it's in. Actually, it's pretty dope. Tune in, Alexander. You got to do a uh, report on it? No, I have to teach a lesson on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have to teach a lesson on That's it. Dope. Tune in, Alexandria Elementary School Wednesday, um, nine o'clock. Let me ask you a question. What's up? And this could be this could be just me and my ignorance. Okay. What's so up? I've been watching this show. You've been watching a show? Yes. It's called The Neighborhood. The Neighborhood. I've okay, I think uh, I've seen. I forget a, the actual actors' names, but okay, I think I've seen a preview of it. It's like a, a Schmidt from New Girl. Okay, is like one of the new guy, main guys. Right, moves into a black neighborhood from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay, okay, and his neighbor is like, you know, basically, it kind of starts out. He's like, you know, you're just trying to cultural, you know, cultural pro- appropriation, cultural appropriation, yeah, all, that all good this stuff. stuff. And but really, he's just like, he's just a friendly guy. He just wants to be his friend. Like that's it and, and and all this stuff but he's like through it he's learning about black culture and then also like white culture and stuff like they talk about uh look look up on your phone real quick i gotta see the character like i gotta see it they talk like, about um uh how like <laughs> there was a there's a part i actually thought it was funny uh the the, the two wives tina is the black mom mm-hmm. and black wife and then Gemma is the white mom okay and and uh they're like run out of water. Their plumbing's broke. So Tina's like, well, just come shower over at our place. And Tina's handing her like, well, here's a towel. Uh, and then here's your washcloth. She's like, washcloth? What do I need this for? Gemma, the white mom. And <laughs> she's like, what do you mean? I think to I know wash your body. Going, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I just take the soap and lather it up. Soap isn't dirty. Soap is clean. Why do I need a washcloth? <laughs> and Tina goes, so you tell me. You white folks don't use washcloth, <laughs> but I've always heard that, and I never like I personally do. I'm not a washcloth, like a loofah. Okay, Ugh, no, stop. Probably they is not use good. loofahs. That's what I always hear. So loofahs, I worked with this guy. I worked loofahs. with this black guy before, and he was like, I told him that, and he said, he said, bro, that's not clean. I'm like, but it's soap. Like I didn't understand it. If you take anything away from this podcast, don't use loofahs. Look it up. I, I didn't understand I, I, it. You can just look it up and find. you'll find why you shouldn't use it. The problem is, every time I've tried to use a washcloth, it doesn't set up enough. Or I'm just not you using it You just don't. Enough. Maybe use more soap. <laughs> I'm stingy. I'm stingy. Is it is it Cedric? Oh, Cedric the Entertainer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen previews. Yeah, this it's show. actually really funny. Right. Uh, it's really, it actually is. It's a sitcom, but it is actually really good. Right, um, and it's meant to be a comedy. Because Schmidt's just funny. Schmidt's a funny guy. Which that's not his real name. I forget his real name. But, but we call him from the new girl name. Yeah. Which is what he'll forever be known for. Sorry, exactly. sorry, Schmidt, if you're <laughs> listening to this. So, so it got me. It, it got me begging the question. Okay. I was I was listening to Tim Ross this morning. Uh, podcast with this like a two and a half hour podcast whatever and he said he was he was doing it with it with another another black guy and he said the first time I got a black friend this other guy said it and Tim Ross said you were excited because you could say the word okay <laughs> like you could actually call somebody <laughs> that and I and, it, and it, this is this is this is where this is where it all starts okay and, you know, if, whoever's listening, you may just be like, this man's ignorant. I don't know. But I'm genuinely, this is a genuine conversation yes, here. And this is a genuine podcast, so. Yeah, that's true. So my question is, if, if, the, if the N-word 
is so offensive when when like if a white if a white man or woman were to say it why is it not offensive if a black man or woman says it like to each other as yes. a, as a greeting yeah I think it's poor. It's from, and like I said, this is like my total opinion. Like I had no clue you were going to ask this question. I didn't prep the history behind the word. <laughs> well, it just came to mind because yeah, no, you pulled right, out that book. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and so my thing would be, it's just like when you greet your friends and you're like, oh, dude, like, what up? And you like, just like, you know, and like you in a prerogative, like uh, not a uh, uh, what does what's the term I'm looking for? Like when you greet your buddies in like high school or college, Sometimes yeah. you have like a like a potty mouth of some sort, and you'll say a word to them, but it's like What's all up, effort. Yeah, but like yeah, but like it's all, but like it's all love, and I think <clears throat> that's what I think that's what makes it different is because the root of that word where it started was like a really bad like the root beyond just like white people using it back then. Like obviously that was like a a hate word that meant that there's so much deep behind that word. So. Not saying there wasn't hate because obviously, right. you know, these folks literally own black people. Right. And I'm not for that. Right. Neither is Jesus. Okay. So do you think it started with hate or it grew into hate because Spanish was invented by then? Okay. And the Spanish word for black is Negro. Right. Absolutely. So did, did white people just start saying that? And then, and then it just because it was they were called that, then it turned into like, oh, you have no respect for me, or like that's. You, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying I want to say it. That's right. not at all what I'm saying. Are I'm just asking to get. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I'm no, genuinely just like I, it came I to you. my thought, and I was like, yeah, no. I could ask Cam. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that's. I think that's that's an awesome question. I like I said, I don't have any, I don't have any background. Of that, yeah, me. Either. But I do have a cool connection, though. We did watch a Juneteenth. We had a Juneteenth okay. dude come to Anderson University, and it was Juneteenth, basically from the faith perspective of things. And so, basically, in the life of so slaves, it was basically in the life of slaves and how they came to get their freedom. But it was obviously years later on Juneteenth. I think it was like June fourteenth, June thirteenth. I don't know the exact date. And how the faith of God played a role in all of their lives as black slaves. Yeah. And so what I found out was super cool was that slaves had a slave Bible. Right. Like that, that was like certain verses, certain books, certain chapters were taken out because they didn't want the slaves to think that they would be free. Oh. That there was, that there was freedom or that there was like that they were to be freed soon. You can, you can look it up. I, I will send you the video. I will send you, well, it's a, it's a short film documentary actually. Yeah. About an hour and twenty some minutes. Oh, it's literally called the Negro Bible. Yeah, that's exactly the what it's called. Bible. Yeah, select parts of the Holy Bible for the use of the slaves of the British West India Islands. Whatever. Okay, I never knew that. Yeah, that's and a cool. That's yeah, actually, and so that was something that stuck to me, and I was like, "What?" But the thing is, like, even though the like the Negro Bible was given to them, yeah, the amount of hope enjoy that they still had when they used to sing when they used to corral around each other like right the pure joy like a lot of their songs were faith-based like singing to god and singing about you know freedom soon like they knew it was coming but they yet they had a bible that was cut out from all like there was That's no freedom or anything about it in there that is so interesting yeah. that was something that was i cool. mean <clears throat> it's dope that they were still getting the bible <clears throat> but also wicked right that people literally went through took pieces out just so that they couldn't see that they could be free but you know the cool thing about jesus is is even in our bondage even in our suffering mm -hmm. keep it coming <laughs> even in our pain mm -hmm. and sorrow mm -hmm. and unforgiveness yeah and sin mm. we are made free that's so good that's so good it's just seen, you've seen people so many people we had a testimony at school dude uh, let me just speak about how the holy spirit's moving to anderson university you know what let's just do it let's just do it let's just do it let's speak about anderson university how the holy spirit's moving and how it's so cool to see the holy spirit and you can't miss it you can't miss it 
Mm-hmm. So a couple weeks ago, we started just having like spontaneous worships. They would send a text, whatever. We had a worship at like 7.30 in the morning. It was freezing outside. It was freezing. It was like 7.30 to 9. It was so cold. But we were just like all out there singing, praying, praying just for just the Holy Spirit to move in people's hearts around campus. Yeah. Like that's it. Like praying for curiosity to strike of the joy that others see through God and praying just for people to to open up their hearts to him. And this was like weeks ago. And then we had... And then we had a 48-hour, like, prayer and worship at School Theology Chapel. And we were in there till I mean, like, 2, 3 in the morning. Some people stayed the night in chapel. And someone brought up just baptism. They're like, someone's like, I want to be baptized. And they're like, well, we could use the pool. And literally the next day, we're like, baptism at the pool. Yeah. There was probably <clears throat> a 60 to 80 people there. 12 people got baptized. Just the coolest thing you see, because all of us, not to say there wasn't people who weren't at the worships or who weren't at the prayers. There are people praying for that. And like for all of us who were in on that, yeah. we just see, we just see it happen. Like we see it we're like, this is not a coincidence mm-hmm. because a lot of times it seems like when you're praying for big things like that, or you're praying for revival and you don't see it, it's like, what are we stretching? Like, what are we stretching for? Mm-hmm. Like, what is our prayer for? Yes. Revival is awesome. But what comes with revival? Let's break that down. We want to just see change in hearts. We want to break that down. Uh oh, no! <laughs> Go ahead, he grabbed no, the book. I just, I gotta find it, bro. Keep on going. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were just saying, sometimes with we were talking about prayer last week on this, like powerful prayer and specific prayer. Just in the fact, in order to have revival, what do you need? You need to have people vulnerable. You need to have worship. You need to have a change in heart. You need to have curiosity. That we were praying for those things specifically. Yeah. Like, specifically, just a change in heart, Lord. Well, I pray that when people see the joy of God, where people would see groups of people praying, that that just strikes a, a, the nerve of curiosity in them. And people will. And people notice that. People see it. Whether you whether you know or not, people see it. I got called Bible Boy in, <laughs> in the MP by one of my teammates, and I thought it was the best compliment. It was the best compliment ever because I'm like, hey, now if there's any curiosity that strikes in him or if anything would ever come up, I know he would come to me for that reason. So that'd be super cool. So I just think you can't ignore how the spirit's been moving. So something you said, Dude. couple, there were a couple of things you said that just like words that just stuck out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Curiosity was one. You hear the typical phrase, curiosity kills the cat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's like basically saying, if you're too curious, then, you know, you're going to die. You know, you're going to end up somewhere that, that, you know, you'll die. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think the problem is we're not curious enough. You say, you say praying for people's curiosity to see what the joy that other people have. I, I think if we are living our lives, walking with the spirit walking in the authority of the blood of Jesus and what that has done for us and in, in complete surrender and relationship with Jesus. People will have no choice but to be curious. People will have no choice. People think that... Here's the thing. This is a struggle, okay? Mm. This, 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 for pastoring... So I've been pastoring this church for almost a year now, okay? And... I've been pastoring young adults for over a year now and I look at it and I'm like, how do I inspire them to go and make disciples of all the nations? Just like the Bible says, well, I can't inspire them to do that, but I can inspire them. I can't necessarily force them to do that, but I can have them see me, see the joy that I live with, see the curiosity that I have. And then, then in turn, they come to me, Hey, you know, what is it? What is it that, you know, I want to, I want to get into ministry. You know, what does that look like? I had this conversation with a guy. He said, I, I want to get into ministry. How do I do it? I said, start serving. He said, you don't, you're not going to start on the pulpit. So you got to start somewhere mm. and it ain't going to be on the pulpit. Was uh, 
Sadie, Sadie said a passion. If you want to start doing ministry, she said start doing ministry. Yes. <laughs> it, it you was, don't need a microphone to so do ministry. That's so true. Like I was thinking about that. I was like, start doing like what is ministry is not just you're on the you know, your center that, of attention, you're speaking like right. that. There's so much more ministry. Bro, that's what people think. Mm. People think ministry is on the pulpit with a mic in your hand. Right. And 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 sharing a message. And then they're like, oh, ministry's not for me because they're not an expert. They don't do public speaking. They don't do that. I'm, I said, uh, wrong. Ministry is for you. Mm. You you think you think opening the door, giving up your seat to somebody else who knew, a pregnant woman or or an elderly man or whatever on on a on a bus or or whatever, holding the door for somebody, helping somebody load the groceries. You know, ministry is literally what the world calls uh what is that word like just just basic humanity like what's the word right. i'm thinking? i mean but i think i know where you're going just like speaking basic like speaking life and compliments and yeah. just lifting people like you can't do that yeah i'm like you can't do that out at walmart or at the gas station or ridiculous that, that is that's ministry. ridiculous that, that is ministry. it is people like i don't know where to start okay who are your closest friends? Who are your closest in your family? Do they know the Lord? If not, start there. And not necessarily, hey, let me tell you about Jesus, but live a life as if you are completely being pursuant of becoming like Christ. And when you become like Christ, not that we're ever going to be him, but when we begin to come like Christ, they will see that. They will see the glow. They will see the joy. They will see the grace, the the, the love that you're that you're pouring out. And then they're like, "I, you've changed so much. I love this. I want to know what has made you this way." I, I say this all the time, and some people are gonna be listening to this, and they're like, "Brian, remember when you said that?" The easiest, the easiest gospel conversation sometimes doesn't even involve the gospel. Sometimes, sometimes it's just like simply just, like I said, caring for people, asking them how they're doing, truly caring for them, like asking them if they're okay mentally, mm-hmm. asking them if they're okay physically, checking up on them. That breaks down the barrier that all people have when they first meet people. So, I mean, some people are super vulnerable, super open, awesome, but we live in a, a world today where that's not the case for a lot of people. So therefore, when we bring in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that transition is going to be so much more easier just from breaking down that barrier of, of, of the not of like, obviously, like I said, not every gospel conversation has to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. But, but however, the conversation before can lead to that, making that transition a lot easier. And you know what? People, and we've talked about this already. We're not going to get into it that much. Right. But, but, but people within the church think that they need to have some great message and story to tell. And they're looking in the Bible. What verse do I need to share? You know, this, that, yada, yada. I don't know the Bible off the back of my hand. How am I supposed to How am I supposed to, to spread the gospel? Well, the gospel is in your life. Mm. The gospel is essentially your life. What has he done in your life? Okay, you know your life. Tell your story. When you tell your story, that is when people are going to see Jesus all throughout your story. And then you're going to be able to say, this is what he's done. And then they're going to be able to say, I need that. I want that. I don't want to live this way no more. It's just people think they need the crazy story. They don't. Tell the story of what's done in your life. Tell the story of what's done in a friend of yours' life, okay? That's just it's not we a need secret. To, we need to come expectant, though. I think I, I think we... And I'll speak young adult generation. Honestly, I'm going to speak for the whole church, not even just that generation. The whole church. Uh Uh-oh. Y'all listen in now. I don't think. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm going to speak for the whole church. When you you said that. To the whole church. When you said that, a few people who are older are like, oh, sweet. Let me just think. No, no, no. No, no. Now you're in. This is for you. (laughs) You're in the equation now. This is for you. I'm speaking to the whole church. You don't come expecting God to do anything. You don't come meet him expecting him to do anything anymore. You show up, 
you go through the motions, you check the box, and then you go on about your life because you've lost hope, you've lost faith, you've grown unbelief, and it's time to come expectant that the Lord will move, that that the Holy Spirit is going to move on your behalf, that even if he doesn't move the way you think, he's still moving. What was it you said the other day? Or the a couple of weeks ago you said just because you can't see him doesn't mean he ain't he ain't working. Right? What do you, oh I said well, you don't have to feel anything. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to feel anything for him to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, it's like so. the same thing. Talking about expectancy, okay? Being expectant. There was something else you were talking about. I forget exactly what it was that triggered it that made me grab my journal. I don't know what it was, but about about seven minutes ago, y'all heard, oh, you heard Cam go, oh, Yeah, he's sure. grabbing it. Can we grabbing remind you? Because I'm trying to think of what I said, but I didn't uh, because he grabbed his journal. But maybe it was, ta- it was kind of about ex- being expectant for the Lord, okay? And it was a challenge to myself. When the passion we met at, okay, so this was the last night. I fasted for three days. So it was on the second and the third. I fasted starting on the first. First, second, third, I fasted, just water. And we're in that last session. Well, that second day, I guess. And Christine Kane had just spoke. And we were about to go into our break for like a dinner break three-hour break or whatever, and then Louie was the last message of the night, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, Louie was. So, basically, this is, what, this is what goes down. Me and one other friend decided, and another friend of mine said, you know, I'm going to fast with you. I said, oh, sweet, cool, all right, bet. We leave, Mercedes-Benz, walking around. After that message, uh, before Louie, so this is the break. We take two laps. We walk two laps around Mercedes-Benz. And actually, we go to the gas station first, buy a bottle of wine, and we buy some banana nut bread and a water bottle. Dumped it all out, put wine in the water bottle, and took the banana nut bread, and we snuck it into the bins so we could take communion with everybody. <laughs> That's actually what we did that. That's fine. Okay. Uh, could I have grabbed grape juice? Sure. But... Bible doesn't say grape juice. Bible says wine. Right. And I'm not getting getting trashed, okay? We took communion. So hop off. (laughs) Anyways, I know there's going to be some haters out there that are like, oh my gosh, he's a pastor. Oh, oh, he's a pregame and passion. No, he's had a pregame for passion. Back up. I ain't dealing with that. All right. So this is what happens. So then we're walking around the bins. And he says, Ross, my buddy Curtis, he says, Ross, how are you doing? And I said, very authentically, very transparent. I looked at him, said, Curtis, I'm pissed. So I'm going to be honest. About what? I'm pissed off. That's what we're getting to the journal for. At God. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Sorry. And he says, what do you mean? I said, I fasted because I came expecting to hear from the Lord. I knew this year going into it. That was the year the first first uh, first revision conference, as well, and I didn't know I didn't know you know what everything was looking like yet, but basically I I, I came expecting I said I know the Lord's going to speak to me and I don't know what, and I just told him I just I said I'm, I'm pissed off, like that's that's just me right now, I haven't heard anything from him, and I've been like I've been I've been zoned in. Every message, the worship, like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm on fire. I feel his presence, but I don't hear his voice. And I'm mad. So we get in there, take communion. We go in, yada, yada. This was just after Jenny Allen's thing, actually. That's what it was. I remember now. And <clears throat> get in there, we take communion. There are about 20 of us. We all kind of pass it around, do communion. And which I thought was just a cool moment. It, it was a powerful moment even then. Um, cause we were coming off of that message of confessing our sins and repenting. And it was just like, Oh bro, that was just good. All right. Uh, 
Anyways, go into Louis' message. I don't know if you remember this, and if you were at Passion, maybe you remember this, okay? <clears throat> at the end of his message, he basically has us all bow our head, close our eyes, and he says, if, if you're ready to say, yes, Lord, send me, then I want you to stand up. So I stood up, like, immediately. There was no hesitation, okay? Naturally, I opened my eyes, look around, expecting to see the whole place. Wrong. That's what shocked me. No, that is so true. That, that is, is so true. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, okay, okay. No, I remember now. I remember now. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead sorry. Okay. But yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Not everybody was standing. And I was like, did I mishear him? Like, am I not supposed to be standing? But I mean, theoretically, probably 3% of the people, realistically. E- easily when he maybe five people started to slowly stand up after like five six minutes though because yeah. there was there was probably a hundred to two hundred people that I saw from that yeah. big crowd that were standing I was like oh okay yeah so I'm like okay not everybody stood up this is weird but you know maybe I just heard that and so did all these other people but nobody else did so I second guessed myself but then I was like no I'm stay standing I heard him right I said yeah Lord send me okay he goes right into worship. And right away, there is, we go into, I don't remember the song, I'm not going to lie, but right away, everybody else stands up, song starts, this girl comes up, young girl, like our age, bro, and basically says, can I pray over you? I have no idea where she even came from, okay? Literally, everybody was in their seats, like mm-hmm. nobody was behind me. Right. Except for our group of, of people. Yeah, you guys sat at the very yeah, like, we were, top we were of all the together. first section. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. She said, just go ahead. Just keep worshiping. I'm just going to pray over you. I said, okay. So I got my hands lifted high. I'm singing. I'm just, you know, loving it. Loving God. Giving him praise and, and honor and glory. And she stops. And I said, I said, thank you. She said, I can I share something with you? Oh, yeah, that's the one thing when you you know it's not to go down. (laughs) I know. You guys listening, if someone asks to share something with you, I mean, obviously, like, listen with caution, but yeah. Yes, okay. And I said, I said, sure. Yeah, go ahead. And this is is her words, exactly. You are, because I wrote it down immediately when she was done. Oh, I started weeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, she said, you are a leader. Your testimony needs shown and spoken. It will draw people in. Your boldness and leadership is going to draw people in. He is using you for this and his glory to further advance his kingdom. And it was it was simple as that, which doesn't sound like super crazy, okay? But what she didn't know, nobody else, not even Devin, not even like my close, not Will, not not my closest friends knew that I had always struggled with sharing my testimony because I always thought like I was wicked in sin. I was broken. I didn't care about nothing, nobody. And she knew I struggled <clears throat> with sharing, sharing my testimony, sharing my story of what God's done. And I had purposely like held it back because I didn't want judgment from people. Yeah. Cause that, that's a lot. I mean, your testimony is a lot to share. So yeah, yeah. it's understandable. Okay. And Nobody else knew that except God and me. And, and she her. straight up and her because the Lord, and this is what's crazy. Okay. We're, we're, we're getting into it a little bit. So that's what made me weep. Okay. Cause I'm like, wow, I was so mad at God that I couldn't hear him, that my own anger, my own emotions were clouding out the even opportunity of hearing him audibly for myself that he had to then use somebody else to come talk to me. And I, I looked down, I'm weeping. I said, thank you so much. I write it down. I turn around. I look, she just gone. Cause I was gonna like, I was gonna ask her to say, Hey, what made you want to share that? Like what led you to do that? But she just gone. And I look around at my fence. I'm like, do you know, y'all, y'all know where she went? Like, I just, I genuinely just wanted to ask her, like, what made her do, why me? But they said, no, I don't even know what happened. And I'm like, 
no coincidence that nobody around me really knew what happened. Because you were at happened. the top corner. Like, you were like, no one would know unless they turned around or looked to their left or right. Right? Like, weren't you at the top corner by close to the stairs? Like, she saw you. You were in the aisle. No, no. This was this was the first year passion. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, 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 yeah. Yeah, so we were we were in, in on the ground. Mm-hmm. We were on the field. Okay? But we're still back closer to right where you run in. We're, we're back in, like, that corner area. But in the aisle. So, anyways. And I'm like... Nobody, nobody saw what happened. Like, was this person an angel? Like, genuinely. She came out of nowhere. She walked away, and nobody saw a thing. What was she wearing? I have no idea. You forgot? And you don't know what she looks like? No. No clue. I, I Her hair is dark. That's all I got. So, okay. Even if she wasn't an angel, say she just... A young adult our age, okay. The the magnitude of faith one needs to have to obediently walk out their gifts. I don't think we we talk on it enough. Mm. When we have a pull, a tug on our heart that you can't deny, like it's there, like so evident, but you're holding it yes. back to where it hurts. Yes. So many times we as believers, we as Christ followers, get a tug on our heart and we ignore it because it's inconvenient to us or because you're afraid of, of, of being made fun of or completely or wrong or being completely wrong. off. Yeah. But those tugs aren't by coincidence. That's the Holy Spirit trying to work in you and work in your gifts. If, if she would have said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's weird. Then that lack of disobedience, Mm. I would have never gotten that word, Mm -hmm. which would then propel me to just, it just lit a fire Mm. under me, bro. Like I was already on fire and I'm like, oh, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go right now. I'll do whatever you want. And that's when, that's when revision ideas started. Uh, was the, after the first passion, right? That the first passion that Devin and I went to, not okay. the one we met at. Okay, okay. But it was that year mm-hmm. that it happened, and I'm just like, "What? Let's talk about that for let's, a little bit. Let's talk about let's talk about how. Why are we walking in our gifts? We are, we are, and that's the thing. It's so I think that's a tough thing to discern as well, is because I, I mean, I'm gonna be 100 percent with you. I'm not as big into like knowledge wise of spiritual gifts. Like I'm very aware of them, but like me studying them and understanding them is above me at this point right now. In my walk with God, it's above me. Something I have yet to get around to. And I would love to get around to very soon. However, I am to my knowledge. I am no prophet by any means. Okay. However, I have gotten, I feel like this undeniable feeling where you're like, for some reason, this person is on my heart in this particular instance. Like, this person's on my heart in this particular instance. Do I act on it or yeah, or what? And I remember I remember, I had this one thing. We were at a, like a bonfire Bible study, and I could, not fo- I could not focus at all. But my friend came to my mind, and her struggling with just like her identity in school and sport. And I was like, oh, I'm like, okay. And so we, they're having a whole Bible study going on in a big circle around a fire. I, I am in a whole nother universe, just drawing on my journal. I could not pay attention. And I just wrote something down. And what I, what I wrote down, I wrote, I wrote stop. I wrote something about like, stop overthinking everything. Like you're accepted. I was just like, you're accepted. Stop everything. Like, like, af- like little like affirmation stuff. Just like yeah. right when she came to my mind. And the whole time I was just thinking about her and my buddy, Nate, we were walking up because we, we all live in the same building. And he was like, and I was about to walk to my room. I was like, nah, I'm not going to say it. And Nate's like, Hey, why don't we go say hi to, why don't we go say hi to Lex? And I'm like, uh-huh. you know what? I was like, I was like, you know what? Let's do that. We, we, we have to. And he was like, why? I was like, cause she has been on. And Lex, I love you. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> if I hear this, but I was like, she's been, he's like, are you for real? I was like, dude, I, I have to go talk. Cause I wasn't going to, I was like, I have to go talk to her. And 
I was like, hey. She was like, oh, hey, guys. Like, we were talking to her. I was like, I don't know how to break this to you, but I was getting so emotional. I was getting emotional. And I was like, but you have been on my mind since about, like, an hour and a half ago. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what it is. I was like, but I wrote this down. Like, stop overthinking. You're accepted. Like, stop trying to impress everyone. Like, I just wrote this down. My mom was like, does this have anything to do with you? And she was like, stop. Are you kidding? And I was like, either I was way off or I don't know what happened. She was like, I literally have been crying in my room for like the past hour and a half. Wow. And I was like, what? And I was like, about what she was like, just crying out, you know, to, to God or just crying, just crying her to herself about like not being accepted by her family, her performance, school, just caught up in school. And I'm like, I got so, I was like, dude, there is no way. Okay. You know, what's funny is you were holding back Mm -hmm. and then, and then Lord kind of had to use my buddy, Nate, Nate (laughs) to prompt you Mm -hmm. to get you over there to then follow through. So like, here's the thing. Why? I, I, I keep asking this questions like, why, why do we, who, who say we love Jesus, who say, who say we love his word and we want to follow him, why are we not walking through with the prompts when, when they come? Those tugs on our heart mm. are there for a reason, okay? Absolutely. And the closer we are, w- closer we are to him, the more that we will recognize that we may not have just a single gift. We may have multiple gifts that he uses at different times, but Let's ask that question. What do we have to lose? Why are we holding back? We're so, dude, we're just, I, for me personally, we're so used to just being wrong or like that, that's awkward or like that was weird. Like what the, I think the same reason people hold back to pray for random people is because they could be like, oh, like, no, thanks. Like that's weird. That could like. Cool. Budget, I was like, oh, no. Like, all right, bet. Yeah, I ain't right. gonna blame my hands on you, but right. I'm still gonna right. pray I'm still for gonna you. Pray for you, but <laughs> and that's the thing is like we're so used to just like that that encounter, that interaction. The same reason why my buddies and I in high school would, would not talk to girls at all, just like because like we're yeah. so scared of that first initial encounter and how that could reflect the foundation of whatever could happen. Well, what I think, and this this is gonna be this is a challenge to all believers. Challenge to you and me. Challenge to to anybody listening. What I think it is, is that instead of being seen as a fool in the eyes of man, we don't care if we're seen as a fool in the eyes of God. Because we want temporary satisfaction. We want temporary acceptance. And I've said this before. I would much rather be seen as a fool in the eyes of man than a fool in the eyes of God. Because I don't want to be that one person that prevents somebody from getting to heaven because I didn't say anything. You know, on average, it's 12 encounters. 12 encounters of, of sharing Jesus with somebody for one person to 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 accept Christ. 12. So look at it that way. You could be the first and you may not see the fruits right away. Or you could be the 12th and you will see the fruits right away. But either way, on average, it takes 12. And there were 12 disciples. You think that's a coincidence? No. Nope. Uh, that made me just think of like you were talking about being fools. I remember I knew I crossed this in first first Corinthians sometime, where Paul's telling us we are fools for Christ's sakes, but you are wise in Christ, and we are weak. But we are, sorry, we are fools. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we, in distribute to the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed, and buffened, and homeless, and we labor working. With our own hands, but like the main, the main thing it says is that it, this was kind of like humorous because at the time, like people who went to spread the word, like they were homeless, like they 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 literally wore crappy clothes, they looked like everyone else who wasn't high up in stature, but that's why you just maybe said it said we are fools, we are fools for Christ's sake, 
for not only how we look physically and how we yeah. live, but what we do in our actions. Um, like, I remember... Uh, let's go. You, oh, my gosh. Let's I just go. Touched on that. I mean, that's what Paul was saying right here. Let's be a fool. Let's be a fool for Christ's sake. Yeah. Let's be a fool for Christ and his sake. That's so... Look, I mean, I, I don't have a pen on me. Is that not underlined? Yeah, we are fools for Christ's sake. That ink mark is like four days old. Bro, I'm telling you. <laughs> This is what this podcast it's episode all, is all about. Is we finally got to it. Right. Yes. What's We're here. Cl- clip. What is it? What is it? Clip title. Title. Fools for Christ's sake. <laughs> we are fools for Christ's sake. There's no coincidences. Wow. Okay. There. There's none. Like you saw me just open this up Bro, and that's the I, only thing that's I know. underlined. I'm telling <laughs> you. We need to quit acting up for being a fool for the world's sake. Mm. It's time to act right and be a fool for Christ's sake. Be a fool for Christ's sake. So the next time we got a tug on our heart, I'm speaking to y'all who are listening as well. Mm-hmm. The next time we feel like the Lord is telling us to go pray for somebody or just tell somebody, hey, you're doing a great job. Whatever it may be, mm. if it is words of life, say it. Mm, speak it. Speak What's it What's the worst out. that can happen from speaking words of life into someone? Gosh. Bro, listen. You're, if you're, you're not, we're not, you're not praying on their downfall by any means, but like any pr- prayer is good prayer. And at least they can do, at least that can happen from is they could, they could take something from and watch the Lord work. You can watch the Lord work from your prayer. Just how we watch the Lord work. With this podcast right now, the craziest thing that I just pulled up, and it was the only thing that I had underlined was, we are fools for Christ's sake, and that's exactly what Ross said. This is literally crazy. There is a book I'm reading right now for premarital counseling. It's called Sacred Marriage. Basically, the whole concept is marriage isn't about happiness, but about holiness, okay, and how it brings us closer to God, and there is a part in it that basically says, and this could go towards any relationship. doesn't have to be a, a couple, like a male and female. It could go towards any friendship, parents, friendship, relationship, sibling relationship, whatever it is. But basically, it said one simple truth. It said, uh, show, I lost it. Dang. What's the what's the book you said you read this book? It's called Sacred Marriage. Sacred Marriage, okay. Yeah. Okay. But this applies to any any relationship. Uh Okay. It said it said whenever you have a good thing to say, speak it out. Whenever you have something good to say, then say it. Men, typically, in the reference of this book, men typically may think something good, but they don't say it. But the woman, generally, not in all cases, wants to hear it. So when we as men aren't speaking it, this could go towards, this could go like to our relationship right, right. here. Right. Okay, as co-host. Mm-hmm. If I think something good and I'm not saying it, then how am I lifting you up? We, we, we can, we can exhort. We, we, we must exhort others. Okay. We must, we must lift others up. And I think we do a poor job at that because we don't want to see, and I'm speaking to the men right now. Okay. Okay. There are some women out there that this applies to. We don't want to seem so uh, mushy-gushy. We, we want to be seen as strong and bold and, and, and not vulnerable. And we want to be the strong one. We want to be the one that's taking care of, of, of everybody. We don't want to be taken care of. Well, it's time to get over yourself. It's time to die to yourself to then exhort and lift up your spouse, your your partner, 
and when I say partner, I mean like a dating partner, okay, and a family member, a friend. It's time to die to self. That's exactly what Jesus did. He died himself. He died himself for our gain. The blood is on our hands as sinners. Essentially, the lashes and the, and the cuts and the bruises and everything on his body, our name is on every single one of those. And that's just, that's just what it is. Be fools for Christ's sake. I'm about to start saying that. Let's, let's, can, we, can we catchphrase that? Be a fool for Christ's sake. Let's Be a fool a for Christ's sake. Let's make a t-shirt. You want to? <laughs> you hey, want, do you want to? Hey, uh, if we make a t-shirt, who will buy it? Feed the sheep. Feed the sheep. Fools for Christ's fools sake. Fools for Christ, Christ's sake. Oh, my gosh. That's good. Okay. Let us know. Hit us up in the DMs. Hit us up in the DMs. I only accept men's DMs because I'm... Basically married. He's basically married. However, I accept all the. I don't discriminate with DMs. If you, I don't discriminate either. I just a, protect my marriage. If you're a woman and you want a fool's, for Christ's sake, feed the sheep T-shirt. Fool, let for us Christ's know. Sake. Fool for Christ's sake. Be a fool for Christ. <laughs> Be a fool for Christ's sake. Let's go. Live it out. Be great. Lean into the Lord. Trust in Him. Be a fool for Christ's sake. Bless the world.